Hi there, welcome to a new episode of Lou Reads. Thank you so much for choosing the podcast, but just before we begin, if you're planning on reading the book that we're discussing this episode, maybe don't listen to this one. You don't want anything to get ruined. Hello, um, and welcome to another episode of Lou Reads. Uh, I'm sorry this episode's a little bit late. I somehow missed a whole week, um, and it wasn't even because I was ill. Because if you listened to that last episode, that didn't stop me when I wasn't feeling very well. But what happened was I had to miss a whole weekend and lots of fun because I wasn't very well at all. And I didn't want to go out and in case it was something quite nasty and then give it to everyone. And then what that meant was last weekend when I was better, I wanted to do about like a million things. And I barely had time to come home and, and I don't know, I barely had time to sit down. So, but I'm back. I've had lots of worldly experience I've been out I've been going to places I've been on trains I've been on buses so you know I'm probably full of germs again (laughs) um but I'm here and I'm ready to talk about this week's book which is Rim and I'm really excited to talk about Rim I know I've been talking about it I think a lot and I I've been talking about it outside of the podcast so much um I, and I promised, I promised, didn't I, that I was going to talk about this one. Um, I finally finished it. I actually loved it. So for once, I don't think this will be a completely, a completely rude episode where I just like trash the book for half an hour. I think this episode will be somewhat nicer. I feel like I need to <laughs> prove that I don't just like hate every book that I read because, because the thing is, if I sit here and I'm like yeah it's a really good book I love this I love that that doesn't help us because if we're looking at it from right as a writer you need to know what things have been done wrong even in a published book so that you yourself can be aware of them in your own work we're developing a critical eye and if you just say you love everything that eye can't be can't be honed and can't be developed and can't be made stronger and you might not agree with the things I'm saying but um I don't always agree with the things I'm saying sometimes I record an episode and then I come back a few days later and I I listen to it as embarrassing as it is to listen to your own voice over and over and over again um (laughs) and I don't I don't even agree with the things that I say and it's more these are potential viewpoints and not necessarily ones that I hold, but ones that I think could be argued for each of the books. They are my gut. They're my gut reaction, I would say, most of the time. Um, but yeah, so this is Room that I'm going to be talking about. It is by Emma Donoghue and it was a massive, like a massive success. I remember when it came out. Um, it came out in 2010 and it's now a film with, I want to say Brie Larson in it, but I don't know who that is. So one minute, I'm just going to do research I should have done before. So it came out in 2015 as a film and it had Brie Larson in it. I was right. And it's, I loved it as a film. Um, (laughs) I found it quite, um, I think as a film, it wasn't what I expected it to be because I thought it get it's quite somber and quite um, realistic and quite like well, just 
you get on with it, you know, like, it's not easy, um, but I think it works better as a book in that sense, so I, I actually only recently picked it up, um, I had had it, like, in the back of my mind for ages, I watched the film when it came out, so it came out five years ago as a film, ten years ago as a book, and, um, it, it kind of, I don't, it just kind of stuck, 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 I keep saying stuck, (laughs) it got caught in my brain, and that's something that, um, I found a lot with books that I read, is that I hear loads about them, if they sound good to me, they stay in there, and if they kind of, either the person who's talked about them hasn't sold it very well, or there's not been a massive hype about it, they've sort of like slipped through. Um, so I've had this book in my head since the film came out, really, in 2015, and I'd had someone talking about it, one of the girls I was at school with, um, and she made it sound really interesting, she felt like, sounded like she really liked it, um, and, but I, I chose it also because it came back into my mind because I'm writing on some, something academically, um, which has a lot of the same themes, not of the same themes, has a lot of the themes, Room has a lot of the themes that I want to explore. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so, um, yeah, that basically. Um, I expected pretty much what I got from this book. Um, and I think that's because I knew from having heard people talk about it the way in which it was written. So this book is written, this book is about this boy Jack and he's five years old and his his mum and they are her his mum was kidnapped as um a young girl when she was 19 and she's being sort of like held captive in this man's shed essentially but it's like ultra barricaded so she can't leave and she's tried loads to get out um but Jack is five years old and she has told him that everything in the room is the whole world so he thinks that that's it in the world because they've got no windows apart from one at the top and he can just see the sky. So he thinks that that's everything and that the television is different planets that people can go to. Um, but then he gets told what is really out there, told that it's all the truth and then they work a plan to escape and that's a really good bit I really liked that bit I was reading it on the bus and I nearly missed my stop because I was like I I couldn't put it down I was so immersed in it I completely forgot I got out off the bus and I didn't know where I was and I was like what's going on because I was so immersed in that um which is a really good sign because that's what a book's there for, right? It's to catch you in the story. And I can, I talk about all these things like narrative voice, um, setting, you know, the, the characters, the way they're shaped, the plot development, um, the details, the way things are described, a writing style, all of this, but, um, sorry, I'm just getting messages, um, (laughs) all of this, but what's, what's important is that these all build up together and become a 
cohesive story that you can lose yourself in. It needs to be entertaining. You can take all the boxes of all the things that I talk about and I could sit and be like, yeah, this is good. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, this is good. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they will there needs to be like a spark, a little something to it. And I think this book definitely has that. And it definitely made it worth my while to read it. And it, I was really excited. It had, it had the feeling the whole way through that I felt when I started reading Choke, which is like, this is a really unusual book. And, and I want to keep reading it and I want to finish it. And even though I knew what happened, because I'd seen the film relatively recently and I could remember it. So the thing that makes this book different is that it's written from Jack's point of view and we start on his fifth birthday and we get a very, a very interesting insight into the room and through his point of view because to him, what it, what it allows is because to him this whole room is the whole world and he's not missing out on anything, as a result it becomes much lighter as a novel and it becomes exciting and imaginative and this little boy all he does is play with his mum all day he doesn't have to go to school he doesn't have to do anything responsible they play games all day they run around the room do exercise they have like they have dinner and they spend all their time together and it's it it it's it's a good example of how your narrative and your narrative choices that being whose perspective you're telling the story from and are they a reliable relator are they an unreliable relator are they relator narrator um do they have certain biases all these things how valuable they can be to the story and how much they can shape the work so this novel would have been completely different if it was written from the mother's point of view it would have been I would say a lot darker, a lot harder to move through. And the way that the novel is split, it would have, I I think it would have been more boring. I think it was a very, very good choice to have it written from Jack's point of view because because it it allowed the book to be more accessible. And because he's five, the sentences are more simple. Because everything shifts when you you switch into a younger register, um, and it it definitely, it definitely I think in, if it was done any other way, it wouldn't have worked as a novel. Because the way the novel's split, it's almost split in two. So there's before they go outside, and then there's after they go outside. Um, so I'm just going to talk about before they go outside and the the way the narrative works and then I'll talk about it afterwards because I think there is definitely a divide and there's a little split so before they go outside there's it's they're stuck in they're stuck in the same room there's not much that they can do there's um there's there's a limit there's a limit on them because they are captive and they are prisoners and he also is a far more naive character than we than than we are we are an informed reader but the blurb on the back is just jack is five he lives in a single locked room with his ma so if you picked this up in a in a um 
in a bookshop, <laughs> I forgot the word for bookshop, <laughs> if you pick this up in a bookshop, yeah, you might, um, you might be a bit confused at first, but I think you'd pick it up quite quickly, and people don't just, often people don't just buy books, because they see them in a bookshop. This this book was shortlisted for the Mang Booker Prize and the Orange Prize. So you would have read an article about them, read a review, had someone recommend it to you. Um, book clubs would probably read this sort of thing. So people know the context going into a book. It's so rare that you go into a, a piece of entertainment, like a book, a film, um, TV show, a play, without knowing kind of the premise. Um, and I think that what this does is, is because we know that, and I mean, we are, you would get it very quickly. It allows you to engage with their situation in a way that takes you out of your expectations. It subverts your expectations is what I'm trying to say, because you sort of would expect to hear the story through the, the mother's the mother's point of view, wouldn't you? She's the one who's been through this ordeal. She's the one who's, you know, been kidnapped and had a baby in a room and is trying to raise her child and trying to give him as enriching a life as possible. But we can we can imagine that. We can you can put yourself in that situation more easily. You can empathize with that, you can engage with that, but you know, ultimately, it's almost expected. It's not new in the same way that a child's point of view in that situation is unexpected and brings something new to the story. So definitely, I think it works really well in the first half. But it because well, because like, it's simple, then he thinks this is the whole world. And it allows you to explore that world with him and it makes the world, you know, because I feel like children can find endless fun in things that as adults we get bored of really quickly. Like, how many children's games do you think back to that felt so exciting at the time, but then if you revisit them as an adult are just really, really boring? So, you know, the world to Jack is complex and full, and so we can experience that with him. What what happens, though, in the second half of the book is that he goes, they go into the outside world, and Jack has to go from thinking, he gets told by Ma in the room before they escape that there's more to the world, and he doesn't believe it, and I think that when they go into the world, when they go into the world, he's experiencing far more than he can articulate as, um, as a child, he is experiencing, you know, like, <laughs> such complicated emotions that even as an adult, we probably would really, really suffer at the hands of them, and that, you know, your whole basis of your understanding of the world has completely changed, there are more things than you could ever imagine have existed in real life, of course he's seen them on television, but, you know, he's he's never smelt different smells apart from the room he's never felt certain like fresh air on him he's never been in a car and all these sensory experiences that you are used to and that are built up through your life are suddenly thrown onto him and because he's five he doesn't understand them and I think because we then have a narrator who is ill-equipped 
to narrate their own feelings at times you the writing's really well done in the second half you definitely get a sense of being overwhelmed but I think that it clouds the novel a little because he only has so much vocabulary for his emotions and his feelings and I think it lays things out to be a a little bit simplistic and you have to do more work as a reader which I mean it's perfectly fine doing work as a reader we've that's you know some of the satisfaction of reading but um I think it definitely there is a switch in the ease of the narrative when they move outside but you know it's a switch in the novel and it, it makes us more aware um we have this sort of switch with the with Ma as well as a character. So we only know her as Ma because she is only known by her son in the novel. We we get told that she has other names. We never really learn them. But, not but, <laughs> there is no but. What I'm saying, what I need to say is in the first half of the book, she is a great, great character. She is very complicated and you can see even through the child's perspective that she is a mother trying her best in a really really horrendous situation and then and Jack doesn't fully understand that but we can still see what's happening because while he can't read her emotions he can still see them and relay them and we can read them um but in the outside world she, well, well, she introduces the outside world, I think, really suddenly. She just, there's, so there's the whole debacle with him turning the heat off and she's scared and she's like, we need to leave now. But I think before that, she starts telling him about the outside world and it kind of feels a little bit like, why now? It Like, why, why now? You know, she's had five years of living in this room, this shed, why, why, why all of a sudden now that he's five is she having enough? Because I don't think there's much change behaviour before she says like everything out in the world is, is real and she starts telling him about her kidnap and I think there needed to be more of an instance to make her do that um, but I, I think I think in the grand scheme of things that's really it doesn't matter and that might just be my the nickety reading of it but um so but yeah in the outside world she I think because the novel the novel's not that long it's about 300 pages long and in the outside world there is so much ground there's so much ground to be covered and I think because of that cuts have to be made and I think that I mean, I think Emma Donoghue made the right decision in focusing on Jack um, because he's the one who's truly overwhelmed and has to go through all these experiences. And it's more confusing and more scary for him when they leave. But what that means is we get a slightly short-sighted view of the mother's issues and the long-term ramifications of what she's been through and the 
the impact of, of it on her um, and on her family dynamic. There's so much fertile ground that has been put down, um, but nothing comes of it. So the dad not liking Jack because he is the child of someone who's repeatedly assaulted their mother, his daughter, Jack's mother, their granddad's daughter. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, That only comes up once. And I think that that would be, that that is really interesting to explore and I think could come up more. The issues she has with overdose, with feeling inadequate, with the issues they have with the press, touched on again lightly, but not fully looked at. And obviously there is only so much you can explore through a child's perspective and only so much nuance you can get from those things. And I think that absolutely the right call was made but you know there is always there is always something I could say I'd love to read more about and those are just my opinions um but I think it's a good example of if you have to make cuts in a novel you have to remember whose story you're telling you know all those things that I've just talked about they don't matter to Jack he what matters to him is that he doesn't like all these new foods he's having to try is that he has to wear sun cream every day because he's not got any any resilience to the outside that he he finds it difficult to breathe with his breathing mask on that he he isn't used to wearing shoes which is a really nice detail that I liked you know all those things are things that matter to our our protagonist to our narrator and you know that's when you have an not an unreliable narrator but um a relate a I keep saying relator, a narrator who it is primarily their story and their story alone. Yes, he's in it with his mum, but it's all about him and his new experiences. It's okay to make those cuts and it's okay to sacrifice those things because you're staying true to the story and you have to have a very clear focus. And I think that as much as I would have loved to read those things and much as there is fertile ground for them and as much as I was a bit frustrated that the granddad only appears once and sort of fizzles out I understand why that was done because what that means is we don't get lost in the story we don't get put on a hundred different subplots there's a hundred different threads to be followed we just have one main one and that is Jack day by day experiencing things and it does plod day by day quite rapidly plod it quite a quick plod more like a little (laughs) a little step yeah, it steps day by day through their life. Because that is the way that things were set up in Rome. You know, they went day by day through their life and then on the outside they treated the same. <clears throat> so, yeah, those were some of the issues I had with the con- the content. Um, but I don't think that they were um, the be-all and end-all and I don't think that they weakened the novel in many ways so I think that this novel is perfect for that it's perfect for for narrative choice obviously every novel depending on what you're wanting to write about is completely different if you're wanting to write about parent-child relationships this novel is more useful to you than if you're wanting to write about crime drama so 
because while it's got that aspect, it's not the primary part of it. I think if you were going to do an exercise based on this book, um, I would say that you would take your story and write it from the weirdest perspective that you can write it from. Um, because you never, you never know. That's the thing with writing is you never know what what's the right point of view to write from until you found it and it will make sense and it opens up the story I've had that recently where I changed not the point of view but I changed the way in which my story was being relayed and it opened it up so much and I like doubled the word count because I felt like I could lean into my story at last um so yeah Emma Donoghue's yeah, so if you, <laughs> Emma Donoghue's book, um, if you wanted to do a, an exercise based on RIM, I would say maybe take your story and try and write it from a child's point of view, using the book as reference. Um, if I think, I think children's point of views are great. I think they're, when they're done right, they work really well. And that's something that I noticed in here, because you can tell when a child doesn't you can tell when it doesn't sound like a child of that age and this does sound like a five-year-old and I I look after children quite a lot so it's very um it's it's I, I can tell and it annoys me when things aren't right so yeah um I definitely this is now one of my favorite books I've recommended it so many times to people um I think the twist with the narrator in a situation that you necessarily wouldn't associate them with is really good. I think it reminded me also a bit of, um, I don't know if this is the correct term for it, but you know that like Martian writing that was really prevalent, um, a while back, a while back, like a long, longish time back, um, where you would write like you were an alien experiencing all these new things. It felt, it felt in that vein, um, yeah and it's it's a good example of how I've said it before but it's a good it is primarily a very good example of knowing 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 your story well enough to to choose a a narrator that serves the story well and that has something to offer yeah that's 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 what I've got to say um uh, I could probably go on a bit longer about room, but I think that I would be at risk of repeating myself. Um, out of five, I would give this four and a half stars. I don't think I will ever give a book five out of five because, unfortunately, they are things that I never finished. They are neither correct nor incorrect. They are just there. Um, but this is definitely a very good book, and I I probably will re reread it at some point, which is high praise from me. And the ending, oh my goodness, the ending's so sad, it made me cry. Because it's like, embodies... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about the ending, I'm sorry if you don't want it ruined, but they go back to room. I know I was closing up, but I've just forgotten that I wanted to talk about the ending. Um, <laughs> the, their ending, they go back to room, and he says, oh my god, it's so sad. Um, I'm gonna read... <laughs> it's, it captures this thing that I find, that I experience a lot, which is that sort of nostalgia for childhood. And you know when you're like leaving. And then he goes, Goodbye, Rim. I wave up at skylight. Say goodbye, I tell Ma. Goodbye, Ma. Good sorry, goodbye, Rim. Ma says it but on mute. I look back one more time. It's like a crater, a hole where something happened. Then we go out the door. And it's like that 
I don't know, it reminds me of when you leave school and you know you're never going back there again and or like when you move house and you know you're not going back and that sort of finality and how a place you know for for, for the mother it was very much a, a horrible place a place that she was constantly wishing she could leave but for Jack it was his home and how your understanding shapes a lot and I think because Jack is so fond of the room, you get weirdly fond of the room. You know, you un- at the beginning you're introduced to all the, the significance of the the things that he's made and the makeshift toys, and you know it was a it was a place where him and his mother were close, and nothing was in the way. But as they get old, as they get out, you know, other people are there. His mum leaves more to go and do things things stress them out they have arguments and you know it's that that strange nostalgia that he has because of his age so yeah um that is why I would reread it I really like the ending um I'm not crying by the way I've just got a bit of a snotty nose (laughs) um but definitely I would recommend this for all the things I've said and I would give this four and a half stars and I've told you all about it so sorry if I ruined the ending but it's even if you know the ending it's so well worth a read because it's not a a plot driven novel it's a novel that the novel itself is the the exploration you know the um the story itself you know they don't have a, a, a they don't have an ending because obviously like there's not like an adventure that's been gone on well there is but um you know what I mean it's a softer slower novel than that um but yeah thank you very much for listening to me go on about a book for half an hour um I'm really sorry I missed last week I did feel really bad for it but um you know these things sometimes weeks get a bit ahead of you <laughs> um but I should be around seeing as it feels like another lockdown's coming um so next week I should be here and I will be talking about The Girls by Emma Klein which I'm loving at the moment I'm about three quarters of the way through um and if you want to suggest books for me to read I've got a big old reading list at the moment and I've constantly got people telling me which books to read but I will add them to my list so you can contact me on Twitter which is at Lou Wilmot. Wilmot is spelled with two L's and two T's, W-I-L-L-M-O-T-T. And if you want, you can argue with me on there, but I mean, how it's not going to work, is it? But you can tell me what you thought of the books. You can tell me what you think of books that, uh, yeah, I just said that. I just said all of that. (laughs) I think it's time for me to go before I start saying even more nonsense which always happens around this time in the podcast um so thank you very much for listening and i will see you next week bye